Hey everybody and welcome to the Dark Cast. This is DCI number 129 and I'm your host Jonathan Miley. In this episode, Brian and I talk to Eric Johnson of Infinite Monkeys Entertainment about their new game, Life Goes On, Done to Death. Life Goes On was originally released in 2014, uh, but is seeing new life, yes pun intended, with a revamped version available on Steam and newly available on consoles for the first time on PlayStation 4. To find out more information about the game, head on over to darkstation.com where you can see trailers and links in the show notes to this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the Darkcast. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody with a studio called Infinite Monkeys Entertainment, like, they, <laughs> they just get an automatic pass. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Either they're seriously entertaining or at least they know how to control themselves. Well, <laughs> we'll see. And um, since you have infinite of them, eventually you'll get Shakespeare. So Yeah, that is the idea. Or maybe like perhaps the perfect game. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It may take time, but you'll get there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, uh, we are here to talk about your new game, um, Life Goes On, uh, mm-hmm. Done to Death, and yeah. be- because life does go on even after the game was originally re- released, it's coming back because, you know, life goes on. That's right. Um, but uh, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about who you are and, and what you do at Infinite Monkeys. Sure. So I am one of the developers. Um, I'm also technically the president of the company, but Ooh, when you have a fun. yeah, yeah, when you have <laughs> when you have a company of four people, though, that doesn't really like carry that much weight to it, right? Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I'm yeah one of one of the team, and we've been working on this game and. I've done a little bit of everything, which is kind of what happens, again, in a really small company. Um, sure. I've done some programming. I've done some level design. There are a couple of tiny pieces of programmer art that are crammed into the game here and there that I did. Um, you know, a lot of the business side of things, all of that sort of stuff. So what, what is your, your forte, though? What my you... forte? Um, so my background is programming, for sure. Okay. Um, and then I have, you know, done a fair bit of, like, game design and level design and that sort of work, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. I imagine being the, the president of the company, you have to deal with doing a lot of non-video game, well, not necessarily non-video game related things, but non-game yeah. creation related it's, things. It's kind of shocking how much paperwork there is and how many signatures and how many forms need to be signed and like how much email needs to be sent and <laughs> how you can spend a whole day writing email and think, wow, I worked really hard today and all I did was send email. <laughs> right? <laughs> I definitely understand that one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you said that you um, uh, your background is in programming. Uh, yeah. Did you work at another studio before? I have uh, never actually. Or? No. Sorry. Okay. Continue. Oh like. no, I was just that. Yeah. That was the end no, of the question. So. No, it's it's kind of funny actually. I you know as as a kid I I loved playing games and I thought oh you know making games seems like a really great idea, and as I as I got a little older I think I thought the industry maybe didn't look like the most appealing place in the world to work where you know you sort of hear horror stories about how hard it can be to be a game developer you know the crazy long hours and all of that and so game development really became a hobby for me um something i did in my like spare time and evenings and weekends and that sort of thing um which went on just fine until one of those hobby projects became something a little more serious and a little bigger and now all of a sudden here i am like working full-time as a game developer and wondering what exactly happened. So, so what did happen? How did, how did that work? So, yeah, in 2012, I attended a local meetup for a global game jam event. Um, if, you're, if you're not familiar with the game jam concept, it's like uh, it's a make, a make a video game in a weekend, typically. Um, they give you a theme. Maybe you form teams. Maybe you don't. Um, for this event, we, we formed teams, and the group of us met for the first time. Um, and came up with a basic concept for the game and made a very, very rough, very rushed ver- kind of proof of concept prototype in that, in that initial 48 hours. And it kind of grew into something much bigger from there. Awesome. Yeah. What, I, what made you realize that you know, after that game jam, because I, I assume you 
participated in other game jams. Yeah. Um, um, what What made you realize that this was something that you needed to continue, kind of? There with? was there was a bit of a mix of things. One of them, one of the issue, one of the factors was is that we just had this really great reception to our like concept and to um, our initial extremely buggy demo, but people still thought it was kind of hilarious. Um, and so that was definitely a very encouraging factor. Um, and then another one was is that the the group of people I was working with was a good group of people who were motivated and wanted to work, you know, wanted to keep going with it. And it's even sort of funny because even after the game jam, we were like, okay, cool. Well, let's put together like a more polished, kind of more finished, like little tiny little game jam game, and then we'll have this nice portfolio piece of this cool thing that we've built. Um, but then it just kept growing and growing and growing from there. Awesome. Mm. What was that kind of original version of the game? What was that like? So, uh, like, so yeah, the, the game jam. Um, we had this. Um, I guess I'll have to give you know some background on what life goes on is. Um, sure. Have a a puzzle platformer game where you die a lot in the game, and every time you die, that doesn't reset anything. You don't like um, you don't restart. Um, you can just spawn another character, you spawn another knight. And the old knights, um, their bodies all stay in the level. And so you have to use that, um, those bodies and dying strategically to solve puzzles, and that's how you make progress in the game. And this initial concept came out of, um, the theme for the game jam was this thing called the Ouroboros, and it's, a, it's an image of a snake that's eating its own tail. And it's this sort of life and death and renewal it's the symbol and so we thought okay how can we make gameplay that really like embraces that theme and, and that's what we came up with um, and our initial sort of 48 hour build was this tremendously buggy like thing where sometimes when you would spawn a knight instead of just spawning a single knight it would spawn this like explosion of ragdolls that would go flying <laughs> across the screen or yes <laughs> we had these weird physics glitches where so you have a pit of spikes and and you die on these spikes and it leaves this body behind and the idea is okay now we have this platform and you can jump across these spikes safely um but we had again these like weird physics glitches because we didn't really know what we were doing with our physics engine and that sort of thing at the time and so you'd have this like not only would you have a body on these spikes, but because of these like physics problems, you'd have this like horribly twitching, freaking out night on these spikes. And I remember just, you know, we're we're demoing this at the game jam, and someone in the crowd's like, "Oh God, the body's still twitching!" And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Yes, he is." <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's totally supposed to do that. It's very morbid. Yeah, that, that's a feature. Yeah, that's, no, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a backer reward there actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you look closely, you'll notice the butt slide down as I stand on it to get on this platform. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so as you guys kind of moved forward with that, you said that was 2009. Um, no, 2012, sorry. 2020. So, yeah. wait, what? Was there something that happened in 2009, or did my brain oh, did just I, I, create I that? Thing? I'm not sure. No. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just going to assume that I just imagined... 2009 for some reason um, so 2012 you guys started working on it uh, two years yeah. later you released the original version what was kind of that process like since this was started out as a hobby for you yeah how were you able to transition into actually making a game that you were going to try to sell like how, right. how did right that so work? yeah so we did the initial we did the initial game jam and that was cool and we got some great reception and so that turned into kind of a, a more polished more refined built out demo um and we showed that at just some local kind of tech events and stuff like that and again we got this really positive response where people were really kind of excited about what we were doing and you know like the first time we showed the game after the game jam someone in the crowd like the first question we get is, is how can i give you my money and all of a sudden, it was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> um, and so it was a very like evolutionary process from there, where we sort of started showing it to like larger crowds and and more people, and we put together like an online build, and we posted it in a few places, like we posted it to some builds on Reddit and like TigSource and a few places like that. Um, and yeah, we just kept seeing kind of like broader and broader interest in the game. Um, so then we started doing things like we submitted the game to an Intel demo contest and we won an award for character design. Um, and we decided to take the game to the Indie Mega Booth. Um, so we were at PAX, uh, PAX 
Prime in the India Mega Booth in 2013. Um, and again, we got this hugely positive reception where people were really excited about what we were doing. Um, and so it just sort of snowballed where it was like, okay, now I guess we're doing this bigger, better game, and I guess we're going to put this on Steam, and I guess we're going to, yeah, we're, we're all of a sudden we're starting to look like a real game company. <laughs> That's awesome. At what point were you able to actually kind of be a, a real game company? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, technically, <laughs> that we are right now. Um, you know, we, we're, we're, we're really um, proud of, of, of what we did with our initial Steam release, and it, um, and, you know, we're certainly, like, happy with how we did but you know we didn't exactly get rich off of it either so we're still sort of you know scraping by and 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 that sort of thing so um it's not a hundred percent you know secure like easy easy living like solidly we're not exactly a company on on solid footing yet so gotcha okay all right so are are you doing anything else in addition to this or are you able to kind of like actually focus solely on being the president of this company yeah so for the last yeah for the last few i don't know how long it's been um i was i was doing a, a master's degree i was a student for a while but that's done now and i've been full-time on this for like yeah eight months or something like that okay yeah it's awesome good. Mm-hmm. that's that's really awesome that's that's promising right there yeah 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 <laughs> so so hopefully our upcoming release goes really well and that can continue <laughs> Awesome. Uh, now, just a quick kind of jump back um, in time a little bit further uh, before yeah. we get into the game itself. Uh, did you do programming at another company for just like regular, I don't know, software? Or what, what yeah. did you do before making um, video games? Right. So I did a I did a computing science degree, um, and I've always done a lot of hobby programming and things like that. And I've worked with a few different... Um, companies around locally we're in Edmonton in Canada and I've worked for a few different companies around here doing you know various software development and that sort of thing okay mm. awesome mm. so uh, so life goes on uh, yeah. you've already kind of explained the the basic premise but uh, can you go a little bit more in depth into to what this game is yeah so it is um, what what's what are the cool things I can tell you about it? It's yeah, like I said, it's a it's a puzzle platformer where we've got this this concept of of death and dying and leaving bodies behind. Um, and yeah, it's so the the kind of core example, the most like obviously like life goes on thing is in a pit of spikes and you need to jump across this pit of spikes and if you make a mistake and you don't get the jump just right or you fall short or the pit of spikes is too wide, you die in the pit of spikes. Um, but in Life Goes On, that um, doesn't mean you have to retry. Now that body is stuck on that pit, on that spike, in that spike pit and now you have a safe platform to jump across. Um, and that was, you know, that was the core, like, okay, this is, this is the core idea. Now where can we go with that? And we've spent, you know, years building, like, all sorts of crazy different mechanics for what happens with these bodies and these knights and their, their you know how they die and um so for example um there's you know like a button you need to hold down a button well you don't really have a lot of tools other than you know sacrificing knights and, and kind of literally throwing bodies at the problem so you find a way to die in just the right way so that that body falls on the button and holds it down um or that we've got these kind of like ice machine, ice thrower things, and so you can freeze a knight into a ice cube, and now you can push that ice cube around a level and use it as like a stepping stone to like get up to a higher ledge or things like that. Um, we've kind of tried to like keep it kind of like it sounds like a very dark kind of horrible like oh this is like an awful you know grim game um and in in a lot of ways i guess it kind of is but we've tried to keep it kind of lighthearted and cutesy and kind of be funny about it so um there's that's kind of our theme we didn't go for the the blood and guts and gore sort of violence it's much more of a cartoon you know bugs bunny roadrunner style like awful things happening to these knights sure yeah if you took that seriously that would be just a depressing as hell game i, I think like... so yeah <laughs> Like what, when, what when, pitch do you use to sell the knights on this? Um, do you convince every knight that they're the one who's going to get through this puzzle? 
Um, only of, to have the next knight step forward and be like, no, you're the one who's going to get through this puzzle. I, I sort of think that's the thing, right? Like, you've got this idea in these video with video games where you've got, like, the hero, and you've got this hero charging forward, and in most games you play, like, nope, you died, nope, you died, nope, you died. So let's take that literally, and, like, yeah, every single one of these knights is, like, the hero of the story right up until the moment that, the you know, the spikes go stabbing through them. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was actually when I was first watching the trailer of it that it made me think about basically every other game that's, you know, the the story is kind of this perfect playthrough that you've done where you didn't die, but there's all these, like, alternate realities where, you know, you died in that room, and then you died in that room, and then you died, well, you died in that room four times, yeah, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and so this is just like, no, the, all those people are real. All of those, yeah, we actually have um, a little name roster, and... At the bottom of the screen, there's a little scroll that writes out the name of your knight. Um, and then when they die, that name gets scratched out, and the scroll gets, you know, rotated, and, and <laughs> the next knight's name gets written out. Um, so yeah, so we're a little bit explicit about, like, these are, these are people, and you are, you are murdering them, <laughs> just to, you know, mess with, mess with the player a little bit. Sure. To further yeah. your own goals. When, when do you, you ever, like, do you, like, at the end of the level, do you give, like, a big... These are the knights you've lost along the way. Oh, that would have been a lot of fun to do. Um, we didn't do that. We we do have sort of a, a Monty Python bring out your dead, you know, cart full of bodies that the knight wheels across the screen after you finish the level. <laughs> That's nice. He went back in to get the guys who had died before him. Okay, That's right. That's right. At least there's something there. Sorry, you, you don't leave your following. That's, no, yeah. That's... <laughs> So how how does the king feel about this? Like the the king is is tired of death, yet he's sending all these people to their death. Like is he is he mad? Is he just laughing joyously at this? Just being like oh, yeah. these stupid knights. So like, so I, how so how's this going? Yeah, we've got this kind of contrast, right? Where we have this this you know the the ultimate goal of the game is is the cup of life, and you know like you know some sort of. I guess we haven't. We're not too explicit about it, but some sort of like immortality or, or something like that. Um, and yeah, and so you have this this contrast where you have this king who says, "Okay, I want I want the cup of life," and you know, I because I don't want to die. And the the contrast with the the knights being used as these tools, so you know, so flippantly and without any concern for their lives, is is kind of the the like the contrast there. And and in some ways, it's sort of like. You know, okay, you're you're the player, and you're the one charging forward with these knights and and throwing their lives away, and not really caring so much about like the fact that all of these people are dying. You're just trying to get the shiny cup. At any point, can you you know get the the cup and I guess dip dip it in the water or whatever it is that you would drink from the cup? Can you run back to all your knightly friends and, and, and pour it on there? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's that. So so no no last crusade <laughs> no, uh, kind of moments. Not, yeah. Okay. You don't get that moment in the that, game. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That that might be a little too serious, and then you go, "Wow, I just, <laughs> wow, I just, I'm terrible." <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I need to go. This is worse than The Walking Dead. I need to go take a nap. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the tone we're sort of going for is is that we want it to be funny and we want it to be fun, but if we can maybe give the player just that tiny little bit of a twinge of like, oh, I'm doing something horrible here, then that's kind of fun, I think. Sure, sure. So the uh, the game came out uh, two years ago originally. Uh, it's <laughs> coming back uh, with a free update to Steam and yep. for the first time on consoles. So what what is new? To what is new? On? Um, so the original game was kind of four worlds, four key areas. Um, sorry, three, three key areas, three, three worlds. Um, the new expansion gives a fourth world um, with uh, two new mechanics um, for you know dying and throwing knights around and that sort of thing. Um, the each of the world gets a new sort of challenge level that's a little bit of a more intense, extra hard puzzle. Um, the um, knights now have unlockable hats and weapons, so. Um, if you beat the challenge levels, if you complete levels with um, sort of like a low death count, that sort of thing, you can um, unlock sort of these bonus items that knights will randomly show up wielding. So um, instead of showing up with a sword, they can show up with a battle axe or they can show up with a mace or something like that. And that gets a little a little goofier as you progress and as you, you sort of explore some of the uh, 
some of the different corners of the game so you can you know in the end have a have a knight show up wearing a firefighter's helmet and carrying an electric guitar around and things like that um that's great we, yeah thanks yeah, yeah. we're, we're <laughs> that one that one was like yeah. a lot of fun to to actually see come together because all of a sudden now these knights are like much more individual and sure you know all these crazy like props and hats and, and so weird, so you know. is that kind of stuff randomly generated or how yeah okay. yeah exactly so every night you know is a little different okay so so you unlock the ability for one of your knights to at some point have this hat have or this hat yeah exactly gotcha. okay have these have these weird weapons yeah yeah um so that one that one's like an, an, a, a really fun little feature that we're pretty happy about um we've added this um this one of the one of the criticisms that we got and and this is something that in retrospect was kind of obvious but our our initial level select in the in the uh, original steam release was just sort of this grid of of here's your you know here's your grid of squares that represent a level and choose your level um and it came across almost like a mobile game sort of level select would and you know in retrospect it's like oh yeah we really should have put more work into that and so the new game has this um uh, has this map with kind of an Indiana Jones style like dotted line leading you b- between these different areas of the map. You travel by map. Nice. That's fantastic. Exactly. That is great. Exactly. That's great. You, you don't get to save Sean Connery at the end, but no. you get to travel <laughs> by map. So that's Dude. almost as good. So that's, yeah. that's great. And well, and so and while you're while you're like scrolling through this map, there's some notes on the map that kind of explain a little bit more about the king and the knights and what's going on and that sort of thing too. So we have a little bit more. A little bit more context for the craziness. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, we've also added a final boss fight. Uh, that's a new thing for Life Goes On too, so we're pretty excited about that to, for players to see that for the first time. Okay. How, how does how does one create a boss say, fight? You just throw for, knights at it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One knight. One knight throws other knights. Mm-hmm. You just have a catapult, uh, and you're just you're just throwing knights. Right. So yeah. So like. It's like Angry got... Birds. And stuff. Yeah. It's okay. I exactly. Gotcha. Angry Knights. Yeah. Racketeer. Yeah. Like one of, one of the mechanics we have in the game is are these cannons, and you can toss a knight in a cannon, and then aim the cannon and fire the knight out. And um, of course, the knight doesn't survive the process, but you can you can use this to, you know, get around the level and that sort of thing. And so that is part of of what you will use to face the final challenge in the game. Excellent. Throwing knights, killing mm-hmm. things with knights. That's good. <laughs> That's good. How? Speaking of of kind of challenge, how do you work with a game like this? Because I mean, in a lot of games, the trial and error kind of process of yeah. you you're going through, you screw up, you die, you go back to a checkpoint, you try again. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of a, a huge part of a lot of games right. difficulty. But yeah. this. I don't know. That's that's not part of the game's difficulty here. That's just part of the game. Right. So how yeah. do you how do you make it difficult and challenging but still fun? Where you know that trial, like where dying is, mm-hmm. you know, not something you're trying to avoid, but literally something you have to embrace. So that's actually like very. That's a very insightful question. <laughs> um, this is this is something that was a really interesting process for us. Um, there's some challenge in the game around the fact that it is a platformer. Um, where you know sometimes like oh, okay I've got to be able to make this jump or I've got to like get get up here that sort of thing but that was never really the focus we always wanted it to be much more like if you can figure out what you need to do we don't want to make it too hard for you to actually execute that um, and so we had this thing where like okay we want to create puzzles um, and and so a lot of, particularly in the, in the original release, a lot of that comes around these like aha moments where it's like, oh, look, I can like, I can fire the cannon and bounce the body at this funny angle to get the body where I need it or, or that sort of thing. Um, but ultimately that, that's kind of, um, like it's exactly what you said where, okay, you die and now that body is there and that doesn't change and you don't have to reset and you don't have to restart um and so like you can you can die and you can leave a body behind and that body can hold down a button and now forever unless you know 
unless some there are things that can affect that but for the most part that body is now there that bot that button is now held down that puzzle is now solved effectively which which leads to the situation where it can be really easy for players to just kind of like randomly bump against all of the things in the level and then the puzzle is solved um and so this was a really big question for us is how do you like how do you create good puzzles or like interesting puzzles around this situation where like you can never you can never reset you can never like you know fall backwards because because you don't reset the level we never want the player to ever have to go into the menu and say restart the level you should be able to just play the level until you finish it um and so yeah so that was actually something in done to death in this new update that we had a lot of fun exploring and really figuring out how to make like those more interesting logical puzzles around this sort of thing um like one for to give you an example one of the things that we sort of realized with the initial release and has become much more clear as we built out the new game was that um we've got this idea of checkpoints um and so you have a checkpoint you you can there's checkpoints all throughout the level and if you touch a checkpoint um that means that's where the next night will spawn after you die um and it turns out that we can use this as sort of a logical constraint where now like oh i i want to spawn over here on the left side of the level but i need to hit a button over on the right side of the level first and there's a a bad checkpoint in my way if i try to run over to the right side of the level i'll i'll tag the wrong checkpoint um so how do i you know so what's my like logical sequence of events that will let me hit that button without tagging the bad checkpoint and that sort of thing. Um and that was a super interesting process for us as as game designers to to go through to really learn how to make a game, make puzzles in this world where the bodies just keep piling up. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, so it it's not so much about just getting to the end, but it's you've just got I've got this constant stream of nights flowing into this world so you're what's the best way to direct this flow if that right yeah yeah how how do you yeah how do you like like how do okay so you know where where do you die like how do you what order do you die in you know things Mm -hmm. things like that in order to to give the player some challenge awesome Mm -hmm. but you said that yeah um you never want anybody to reset like a level so yeah yeah I imagine that's going to be really challenging because I, I don't know. That's that seems like a kind of crazy it, um, edict to to put on a game. It's like you're it, never going to have to reset. It's certainly like it's certainly like made things like yeah. It certainly came with its own its own set of problems for sure. And I can't claim that we like succeeded like one hundred percent. There are uh, there are places in the game where you know if you really just want to sit there and throw night after night into a saw blade, eventually the body of the pile of bodies will pile up so high that you you know you can no longer walk from the left side of the level to the right side of the level. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess you have beaten us. You you win. <laughs> you know you have found a way to break the level through your sheer persistence, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but you know there's some fun in that too, and, and just like seeing how high the the pile of bodies you can make is. Um, yeah, there's got to be an achievement or trophy related to that. There are, there are okay. some, some achievements and trophies around. Um, yes, <laughs> these sorts of things for sure. You stacked a pile of knights all the way to the moon and back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's um, that's interesting. I'm, just, I'm trying to wrap my head around a game where, you know, it's it's got to be challenging, but just this this idea of never wanting to restart the level is is there a way to restart like if you yeah pause there is the game, you can you, just... you can you can pause you can pause the game and you can restart okay. the level or you can choose a different level or go back to the main menu or whatever okay. but you know we wanted we had this kind of idea that like we wanted to have this consistency with sort of the like the <laughs> the weird kind of video game logic world of like there's this level and like when when a knight dies okay that knight's dead and he's there and so you know you from for the next night's perspective, like yeah, there's a whole bunch of adventurers that came here before me, and and they're all dead too. And like we thought four okay. seconds ago, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I just followed that. I met him outside. We had lunch. I just, I just yeah. I, I just oh my god! 
<laughs> Weren't we just chatting in the break room? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that so. Mar- oh God, Marvin, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Right. So, and so yeah. So we felt like oh, if we're making players constantly hit the reset button, um, which you know a lot of puzzle games do, and that's totally like, you know, there's a lot of very cool puzzle games that do that. But we felt like oh, well, we're sort of cheating and saying okay i'm gonna undo all of those deaths that i just did it's like no 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 those those knights are dead let's let's leave them in the level and i don't want to make the player like have to have to restart that mm-hmm. yeah nice very nice so, yeah we have so, a, oh go ahead please. i was just gonna say what what all have you been working on you kind of talked about some of the changes that you guys made but what i guess what made you want to revisit this so, game um hmm we there was a couple of things with it where um we we were we were happy with our initial release but we weren't like we felt like oh we 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 made something really good but it could have it had this it had more potential it could have been more it could have been better it could have been bigger it could have been cooler um and we felt like like we came close to that but we didn't quite get there and that you know, we, we had this opportunity talking with Sony to bring it to the PlayStation 4, and we thought, okay, well, porting it to the PlayStation 4 is going to take us, you know, a few months, and, you know, in those few months, we've got a bit of time, let's let's take some time to, like, polish up the game, make it a little longer, add some features, you know, make more of the game that we wanted to make that we didn't quite get into the original. Um, and that, you know, few months of porting and polishing and updating and that sort of thing somehow magically turned into two years, and I'm not really quite sure how that happened, but I guess that's you know, that's game development and software projects in general for you. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you that's settle funny. down to find a bug and you look up and you're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> Where did that last two months yeah, go? Yeah, uh oh, uh oh. <laughs> Definitely. It's like I've only been here for a few hours, right? <laughs> yeah. <It's> 2016. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> And and also, I think our sort of ambitions, you know, uh, it's it's kind of like been sort of the the story of this project in some ways. So you read advice about making a game, and particularly for new advi- uh, new developers and that sort of thing, where they say like, you know, scope creep will kill you. Like, um, what is the what is the scope of what you're trying to build? What how big is it? Um, and don't let it get any bigger than that because otherwise you'll be working on it forever. Um, and so we were super kind of aware of that, saying, okay, this is the scope of our game. Um, but instead, sort of, what happened we found was, like, and we're like, okay, we can't scope creep, we can't add new features. But then we found, like, our ambitions would creep up instead. We would get this good feedback, we would see people were excited about what we were doing, and we would think, oh, okay, no, 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 the scope that we were thinking, how big this game originally was, no, we're totally undershooting that. We should do something more ambitious, and let's let's make a bigger game. Let's plan for a bigger scope. And so then we would slip in our sort of scope creep that way. So scope creep, but you, you planned it each time yeah. it happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. yeah, I was, you know, you always picture that scope creep kind of looks like uh, Al Pacino from uh, the, the Devil's Advocate. Yeah. And just every time, every time it kind of changes just a little bit, and you're like, "Yeah, I can make this bigger." And he's just looking right. in the mirror, going, "Pride is my favorite sin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of like that that slippery like slope of just one more feature, just one more feature, just one more feature. And we, I feel like we actually kept that under control. Instead, it would instead be like every few months, all of a sudden, there would be this really good reason for like throwing out the old plan and putting in a new plan with a whole bunch of new features. <laughs> it was not, totally not enough. Yeah, not totally rational at the time. And then in retrospect, it's like, wow, we've been working on this project for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it's still a relatively small game, but, you know, for a small team, it's, it's a big investment. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You said you've got four people on the team? So currently the core team is three of us um, and then a, like a handful of contractors and various different people that have contributed to the project over its time and yeah but ultimately a pretty pretty small team but the, you know when you when you look at the credits list it's it's a huge list of names sure sure mm-hmm. so uh, what all roles do you kind of have on the the team currently the the, the core team 
Well, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. Like I said, we met at this game jam, and it turns out the whole group of people at the game jam all had a background in programming. <laughs> <laughs> Which is often on, often on a lot of game pro- projects is like, or software projects in general, is the opposite problem. You know, it's like, oh, I've got this great idea, or I've got this concept, or I've got this work I want to do, but if only I could find someone who could program. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we had, like, all the programming, you know, we had, like, everyone had, had at least some programming background. So instead it was a question of, like, okay, how do we fill out these other roles? And, yeah, one of our, one of, one of our programmers had some, had some art and 3D modeling and 3D animation background. And so he kind of settled into that role. And, um, yeah, looking at our game, you would never, you would never guess that um, the the person who did the art is a guy with a computer science degree and a background in programming. Um, but he is a a very talented, hardworking guy. Um, so yeah, so that's that's Ian, and he did the art, the animation, the modeling, the like the textures, the lighting, the whole making the levels pretty, all of that. Um, he also did a lot of the mechanic design and physics um, and level design. Um, I think now with the Done to Death expansion, I'm probably I probably did about half the levels, um, if not by level count, then at least certainly by playtime because the uh, the new levels and the later levels are of course like longer and more complex and more involved and that sort of thing. Um, then there is also David is the other. Um, core member of the team currently and he did our um our sound effects and he did a little bit of level work and he did um he's done some programming as well of course because we've all done some programming and um <laughs> and you know we, we try to balance kind of the, the the business and the marketing and the paperwork and that sort of thing and, and you know the yeah he's he's also kind of been doing kind of trying to keep us organized and on schedule and that sort of thing too mm-hmm. so yeah. is do any one of you um, still kind of do programming as your main uh, <laughs> job on the game, or is it everybody's just kind of doing a little bit of everything? Yeah, it's kind of funny actually that that everybody has done a little bit of everything on this project. Okay. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <like that. laughs> Not your typical software project at all. No. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now the the game is coming out for PS4. Uh, it's it's getting like I said, uh, free update for people that have it on on Steam. Yeah. Uh, any plans for other platforms or anything like that? Um, we will. It would be really cool to do more platforms. Um, we will have to hope that we can you know sell <laughs> reasonably well on this sure. launch um, sure. to justify that. Um, we looked really hard at doing. Um, not mobile, but like the like portable, like um, Vita or 3DS. Um, mm-hmm. We really, really wanted to do it, but unfortunately, we that was never kind of the original game we built. We were sort of desktop focused when we started, and you know that was sort of the direction it evolved in. And so, you know, our art assets were um, built around that, and our you know like you're piling up bodies and these are all sort of physically enabled ragdolls bouncing around inside a level and that sort of thing and you know like the Vita and the 3DS are great pieces of hardware but they're not really built to be doing like tons and tons of physics processing all the time on like tons of ragdolls and things like that so so as much as we would love to be on on a handheld um, that would be a pretty major porting job but it's it's it, it it drives me crazy because it would be so cool to have the game on on a handheld but we will, yeah. <laughs> it's not the path to get there is not an easy one. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But you never know. I mean, you know, this all started off just trying to clean up a uh, game jam demo. Totally. Then it, yeah. they, then it came to you know we're just gonna port this. So it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. The the life goes on. The game that refuses to the project so... that refuses to die. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that would mm-hmm. be uh that would be pretty funny. Of course, if you decide that you're gonna port it to handheld then you'll end up just making life goes on too uh, yeah so <laughs> <was> also <laughs> life it's like, goes on they call that platform creep right yeah platform creep. <laughs> <laughs> just just one more platform sure why not <laughs> uh life goes on to life goes on harder life goes on with a vengeance <laughs> with a vengeance i like yeah. that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I I live of the uh, the mindset that any 
series could just adopt the uh, the Die Hard uh, subtitles <laughs> and be fine. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this uh, Uncharted Four, a good day to uncharted. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I like um, it. But, uh... <laughs> well, uh, Brian, do you have any more questions about the the game or? No, I think we could go. Uh, I think we go end game on this one. Alrighty, take it away. Uh, we like to uh, to end with a little bit of a questionnaire that's more focused on you, uh, not necessarily you know like the game or the uh, the the studio or anything. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, without gilding the lily any here, let's we'll just jump right into it. So, uh, question number one: um, mm-hmm. Who's your favorite video game protagonist? So this um, this dates me a little bit, but when okay. I was a kid, okay, good. <laughs> when I was a kid, I played a lot of the Sierra Quest games, like the Sierra Adventure Quest games, and I think the, I think that Roger Wilco, the like Space Quest janitor slash hero, is probably still my like idea of like a fantastic character in a video game. That's fine. Nice. <laughs> That's fine. That's not bad. So, flipping the coin, question number two, who's your favorite bad guy? Who's your favorite oh, antagonist? Um, antagonist. Let's see. Oh. Uh, um, it's gotta be GLaDOS. Um, the whole portal GLaDOS, like, I mean, the, just kind of the, 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 the non-stop sort of sarcasm kind of, like, snippy remarks as, as you're playing, like, there's just a sort of brilliant evil in, particularly in the original Portal. I mean, GLaDOS is a lot of fun in Portal too, but yeah, the the, the evil, crazy AI going off the hook is is great. Slash mother figure, I don't know. It's it's so well done. Indeed. The, the way she handles everything, the way everything kind of goes, starts going bad, and it's all like because it. It's naturally dry because the way the computer says it, it's all yeah. very much like that uh, that that comic strip where it's just you know everything's on fire and the dogs just like yeah this is fine this, this is fine Great. This is no yeah fun. sure I totally meant for you to take all of that apart and ruin this entire thing and I'm not gonna <laughs> gas you right now because I'm better than that <laughs> yeah this is all fine everything's gonna turn out great. <laughs> You monster. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. You're the. It one is who's your doing fault. It. This is this is your fault. <laughs> I'm 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 punishing you because of this. Yeah. Uh, next question. Um, are there any trends in video games today that you think um, are are need to kind of get out there more and, and kind of be adopted by everybody? Oh man, um, interesting question. So let's see. Um, I spent I spent most of my gaming hours recently in in indie games, and I'm 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 sort of to the point that I'm I'm kind of shocked at how um, unaware of the larger gaming world I am really right now. Um, one thing that I think is going to be really interesting to see how it develops is VR. Of course, I'm sure everybody's talking about it. Um, I've seen like tons and tons of developer interest, particularly indie developer interest, around creating like VR experiences and everybody's really excited to like to try out VR and make VR games and that sort of thing. And so it'll be really interesting to see how that develops. Will will people buy the hardware? Will the audience be there? Will people be excited for, you know, VR games? Um or will it like yeah, I don't know. Like will the hardware get out there? Will it um Will the game satisfy people? Will people say, yes, you have to check out these amazing VR experiences, or will it be kind of a novelty where it's like, okay, I've I've played bowling on the Wii a bunch of times, and now I'm going to put that away and never bowl on the Wii ever again. Um, what's what's the future of that? It's a really interesting question right now, um, which I guess isn't quite answering your question, um, but is sort of along the right lines. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I like VR is VR is out there, and I think the more that it gets into people's hands, um, the more people are either going to be, you know, like super excited about it and kind of follow follow the crowd down that rabbit hole, or the more it's kind of just going to, you know, kind of just hang out as its own little as yeah, its own little, little piece of like the gaming pie, and, and we won't really know until like like that price comes down a little bit more and it gets into really like you know accessible. yeah exactly it gets out of the yeah. enthusiast and more into like John Key public yeah and we figure so, out what so, to kind of do with it so what's your what's your coin flip on it is it going to so, be like the next gaming phenomenon is it going to be niche right uh, yeah no the coin flip is uh 
uh, the next question is: Is there any uh, is there any trope <laughs> that you think should just go away? That should just go away. <laughs> yep. Just get so, out of here. <laughs> so I'm going to bring this back to life goes on done to death. Uh, three new things that we have added in life goes on done to death is um, hats, portals, and zombies. Um, okay. Our stunning creativity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that. It's kind of funny. We didn't realize just how badly we were doing that. Um, I don't know if it's something that needs to die, but the but the like the the whole. It's really interesting to see how just how far the market for these kind of like survival horror zombie like kind of free to play things are on Steam right now. And it's not something that I'm like, oh, that that's awful. That should go away. But it it's this weird little thing where these like really like unpolished experiences are, are getting these like millions of players um and and it's really going to be interesting to see like is that like that just seems to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and i wonder how that how that trend is going to play out too like just how much um how much interest is there in this sort of thing and i guess that speaks to the larger kind of free to play trend as well like um is this the future of like like gaming like i'm really happy that Steam and the PC and and to some extent the and to the console crowd has largely I don't know if resisted is the right word but not everything has become kind of the like race to the bottom free to play thing that you see on mobile games um where it's just all about like trying to create these really addictive things where you have to you know constantly pay to play um and I hope that it stays that way I hope that PC and console gaming it, like sticks with the model of like you know you pay for something good up front and and you don't have to constantly like be hounded to like buy in-app purchases and that sort of thing um we will see i really think it will because there's or at least at least for a little bit longer because i know that there's a couple games that have there have been articles about recently where they've uh where they've dropped the free-to-play i want to say lawbreakers um, mm. Cliffy B's new thing um, went from they were originally going to release it as free to play, and he said that no, they're dropping that. They're actually going to charge. I think it's like thirty bucks. Yeah, but it's gonna yeah. Come, you know, like feature complete and all that. Right. So, yeah. I, and I know that I I want to say the other one is like Atlas Reactor, right? That mm-hmm. decided that they were going to not go free to play and also and also charge for it just to give everybody you know like kind of all the content. And I yeah. think I think that's great. That's a great way to go. I mean, mm-hmm. it. it yeah, like all that stuff's just really annoying. I just want to play the game, and if it's good totally, enough for yeah. me to invest the time in, I would yeah. rather have everything there for my time to be worth it. There are yeah. very, very few games um, that I've experienced that were free to play that actually kind of don't don't rob you and, and make you kind of like feel proud so, of the people who made them. Yeah, you kind of get that resentment. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe I'm biased talking as a developer, but I find it like really hard to find a game I'm interested to play on my phone because I have so little tolerance for being, you know, hassled by the the the, the microtransaction features and that sort of thing. And I just, you know, I, I don't want to deal with it. Just let me buy your game and then leave me alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so next question. Um, you know, you're you're kind of you're kind of living the dream right now. You you started a, the the game jam. You started yeah. at a game jam, and then you made yeah. your you made a game. You you are now like doing it professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had the chance with no restrictions, mm-hmm. um, is there any other profession you'd like to try? Oh man, um, can I be an astronaut? <laughs> yeah, totally, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure the 12 year old me would like <laughs> tell me that that's the only acceptable answer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Space is pretty awesome. Um, like, I've got this weird like obsession with like um, kind of really out there computer science, like math kind of problems, and being a research scientist that you know just does like computer science, math stuff all day long is appealing to me, even though it wouldn't be to most people. Um, I don't know what other cool things are there like that. Yes, yeah, astronaut would probably have to be the answer. Let's let's go to Mars. I wanna. I want to go walk around on Mars. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my our roommate's always joking that she would. Uh, she one of our sons has to become an astronaut so that she could take he could take her into space. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's time time to go to the moon. Excellent. Yep. Uh, next question: If you had the chance 
uh, to play any game again for the first time, what would oh, it be? Let's see. Um, that's a tough question. Um, original Portal's got to be up there. Um, Braid was also a pretty excellent experience. Um, the, like, classic 1993 XCOM <laughs> was pretty amazing. Well, the new XCOM's great, too. The um, new XCOM is excellent as well. It's very good. Yeah, um, so I guess in some ways I did get to play that again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to say classic Portal, or the first Portal. I think okay. that was just such a polished, like, it wasn't super long, but it was so, like... It was just really tightly put together, and it was just this really awesome experience, and very unexpected too. It was great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Last question. Okay. When we come to the gates of the mushroom, at the end of our lives, when we mm-hmm. come to the gates of the mushroom kingdom, and Toad mm-hmm. is there to greet us with the book of our deeds, what <laughs> okay. would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? Oh man. <laughs> um. What would that be? Oh, man, tough question. Um, um, something about not giving up and uh, <laughs> persisting in face of, you know, like... <laughs> in All of a sudden he uh, has the voice of Tim Allen. He says, never give up, never surrender. Yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Galaxy Quest, thank you. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go with that. Something the or the by, by Grapthar's hammer, I will avenge you. I can't remember what the... Uh, <laughs> Alan Rickman quote from the movie. Yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah grab Thor's yeah. hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so one he just did a random random Galaxy Quest quote. That that works for me. Makes yes. you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's the end of our questionnaire. You did great. Um, I don't have any uh, prizes to offer you, but Jonathan, why don't you take us home? Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us tonight and talking about Life Goes On. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more info about your game. Yeah, so the our website is lifegoesongame.com. Um, so please check that out. And the release date is May 17th, and that will be PlayStation 4. It'll be on Steam for Windows, Mac, and Linux. Uh, it's also on the Humble Store. Yeah, if you want the the, the DRM free download, that's an option too. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much again for for joining us, and uh, good luck as you guys kind of finish up the game, release it, and move on to more and better and awesome things. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely.